So if you have a copy of God's Word, turn with me to the beginning of the church, which is Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, and we are going to look at the last few verses of that chapter. Acts chapter 2, we're going to start in verse number 39, and we are going to read through the end of the chapter, which is verse 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 39 reads as following. For the promise is for you. It's for you and your children. And for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. That's who the promise is for, okay? That's, that's, Luke is recording what Peter is saying on the day of Pentecost. That's his sermon. This is Peter preaching to thousands of people in Jerusalem. And he says these words, For the promise is for you, and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he, Peter, bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day, not multiple days or weeks or years, but but that day, about 3,000 souls. That's church growth. So here's the promise it's for you, your kids, and everybody that's, that, uh, that our Lord God calls to himself. Save yourself from this crooked or perverse generation, and there were added some 3,000 souls. And Luke records these words, verse 42. And they, who is they? Who are they? They are the 3,000 plus people. They are the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And they devoted themselves to the prayers. And all came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, verse 46 states, Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Heavenly Father, thank you for passages like this passage. Father, I pray that this type of church that is recorded in Acts chapter 2, Father, would 
continue to be lived out each and every week, each and every day by us, by me, by, by River Being. Father, that we would be that church. What an example. God, how you started your bride, the church. Father, may we see this morning bits and pieces. May we put those pieces together to make the, the puzzle come to life. Lord, may River Bend focus our reach on what You desire us to focus our reach on. May we be unified where You want us to be unified so that we might magnify Your name and God, that this church might grow. Lord, I, I don't think that it's a do step one, two, three, and four and it's done. God, every man and woman, every student, boy or girl, Lord, we, we have issues, situations, circumstances that come up in our lives. And God, it is real. It's a different day than it was, a different culture than it was. But Father, Your Word is true. Your Word stands. May we act believing that You, King of kings and Lord of lords, are working. Lord, You are working right now. God, I love You. I thank You for Your Son. Would You speak to every man that is in this room right now, every woman that is in this room, God, give them eyes to see and ears to hear as we look at your word over these moments. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. This evening we are going to, uh, to have a homemade ice cream competition. And um, just for that competition, I purchased a homemade ice cream maker because like 14 years ago it was actually like three but ours burn up and and so uh, I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna do that gonna be in the competition and so I had to uh, go purchase one I purchased one and then I started looking at the recipe for a homemade ice cream um, and all the ingredients and you know what, if I did not put the ingredients in right Friday night, the homemade ice cream that was made at the Tillman house would not have tasted right. But after it churned and churned and churned and churned, the ingredients were correct and it was some great, I mean it's unbiased opinion, it was probably the greatest vanilla ice cream like 34 Tanner Cove has ever made, which isn't much. The same is said about church in this way. There are some ingredients. There are some ingredients that have to be in church. There are some ingredients that you have to bring to the table as individuals so that we as a collective body, the bride of Christ, 
can produce a good-tasting church. And I want us to see four ingredients this morning. We're going to look at them rather quickly, but I want us to look at four ingredients in this church. The first ingredient is this, that they were unified. The, The church was unified in its reach. Look back in verses 42 through 44. Let me read them for us quickly and and see that they were unified in their reach. It states this, And they, the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Now catch this. Verse 44, the first part of it. And they all, and all who believed, were together. They were together. That that word is is better translated unified. They were unified. They were together. Every one of them were in step. It's as if everybody was walking in this direction, not half of them walking in this direction, a third of them walking that direction, and a couple others going this direction, and the rest of them going... No, they they were all unified. They were all together. And if you and I are going to be the church... If we are the bride of Christ, and we are, He calls every single one of you and me, He calls us, every one of us, to be unified. For what purpose? For this purpose. To grow in maturity. We'll get there. That's another ingredient. But to grow in maturity. To grow. He calls us to be unified. Now, does that mean that we're robots? No. No, we're not robots. I'll give you an example. It's a worldly example, but uh, it, it's okay. The other day I had on a uh, particular school's hat, and, um, and it had the name of the particular school um, right there, and I walked up to a house, and uh, a young lad said, Boo! And I was like, It's not Halloween. That was what the first thing that came across my mind. He said, no, that, boo. You know what? Some folks like Mississippi State. Some folks like Ole Miss. Some folks like other particular colors and other particular universities. I don't know how in the world anybody could like the Duke Blue Devils because I'm a huge Carolina fan. But everyone who says that they are a son or a daughter of the king, no matter the school, no matter the like of this leisure activity or that leisure activity. They were unified for a particular purpose. There in verse number 44, and all who believed, who believed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, who died on a cross to save them for their sins, who was raised to life so that they too might have life, they were together, unified. Are you unified? Are we unified, Riverbend? Are we unified in that aspect? Being unified means that the things that matter, the things that have substance, 
were the things that this body of believers, this church at Jerusalem that started out, they were all together on and they all stood side by side and would not waver. Can we say that? Is that where we are today? If we're going to be the bride that God wants us to be, that He wants to present before and to Himself, then we must be unified in those matters. But second, we see there in verses 42 through 44 that they were devoted. What were they devoted to? And they... The church devoted themselves, in verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread, and they devoted themselves to the prayers. That's what they were devoted to. The word devoted for you and me to understand means this. It means that they gave themselves over to this. Let's just stop for a second. Every student in the room, every man, every woman, every person in this room devotes themselves to something. You're devoted to something. There's, there's not a person in here that is not devoted to something. Are you devoted to those things? Let's just do a show of hands. So everybody's going to... No, let's don't do a show of hands. But I do want you to think about it. Friday. Friday of this week. Wasn't too long ago that you can't remember it. Did you devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching... Meaning this, did, did you spend any time in your copy of God's Word on Friday? If you spent some time in God's Word on Friday, was it um, hurried? Meaning, all right, I got 12 verses, I got uh, a chapter and a half that I got to get done, and then I got to get on the road to go to, to work. Is that how you spent time in God's Word if you spent time? Or was it uh, 94.9? Whatever verse K-Love had going down the interstate, that's what verse I, that was my verse for the day. Boom, got it. Did you devote yourselves to fellowship on Friday? Was there somebody from this body, from the bride of Christ that you shared fellowship with because they, this church, devoted themselves to the fellowship. Did you even think about anybody? Maybe, maybe your thought was this. I sure hope the preacher doesn't call me today. I sure hope that I don't get a text or a phone call from my connect leader. I wish he would just leave me alone. Maybe, maybe that's your thought on Friday. But this group devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This group found love for and a hunger for God's Word, for fellowship with one another. Now, we always say something jokingly about the breaking of bread, but they were in each other's presence and they were eating, partaking of food, just as was stated on the video a moment ago. They were there and they were interacting with each other across the table. 
to understand the ups and downs of the day or the ups and downs of the week. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and then they devoted themselves to prayer. This morning we had a Connect Leaders meeting and um, I said this, this statement. I said it, both of these statements. One, I don't believe that there's another time in the 10 years at River Bend that we have more people praying for the church than right now. I don't think that there is a time in the 10 years of River Bend's existence that we have had more people praying during the week, pointed prayer for this body, for us, than we do right now. And, and I told the, the, the men this, I said, that, that's kind of bad, because I know how many people are, I, I think I know, pointed people that are praying, the times that they're praying, the group, the number that are praying, and so I, I, it's, it's kind of cuts on both sides. It's kind of bad because there's a handful. But it's kind of great because I know there's a handful of folks that there are multiple days every single week. There are multiple times this day, every Sunday, that people are praying for you. And they're praying for me and they're praying for this church. And I pray, I ask and continue to ask that God would devote more of us to prayer. That we would be a praying church. We would be a church that asks God much and believes and expects God to move because that is the type of God He is. These people, in Acts chapter 2, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They loved the Word. They hungered for the Word. They devoted themselves to fellowship with one another, to breaking bread across the table with each other, and to prayer. And when that happened, all came upon every soul. And when that happened, many wonders and signs and miracles were being done through the apostles' Through the followers of Christ, the called out ones. And they were together. So the first ingredient is that they were unified. The second ingredient was that they were devoted. They devoted themselves to mature. The third is something that we did earlier this morning. The church magnified the one worthy of praise. And as I was standing right here and as I was singing, I started to just write down some some words from these songs. And I'm not going to ask the band to come back up, nor am I going to try to sing those, and you're welcome for me not doing that. But, Do you remember any of the words that you sang? Do you remember any of the the words that were spoken or written for those songs about Him? 
Before we look at those words, let me share with you the verse. And here is the verse out of this passage in chapter, 40, uh, chapter 2, verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Praising God. The church magnified the one worthy of their praise. They were praising God. One of the phrases that stuck out to me as I was singing was that he works everything for my good. Now, I was, I was dumb this week, and I allowed an attitude to come across my brain that stayed there for like 500 million nanoseconds. That probably means it's still going across my brain. But, but I let it stay there for an extended period of time. Are you saying, Brian, that, that that's for your good? Yeah. How can that be for my good? Well, it shows the contrast of me, great sinner, great sinner, right here, and a greater Savior. Doesn't matter how great a sinner you are or I am, he's a better, greater Savior. Doesn't matter the words that come out of your mouth. It does not matter the the actions that you have done in the past. He is better and greater at saving than you, sir, ma'am, are at sinning. And he works all those things for your good. Because one day he's going to present you to himself. And all that stuff Is going to be clothed in righteousness because all of that is going to be covered by Him. And He's going to look at you and He's going to say, You're my son. You're my daughter. And you are precious in my sight. Come, enter into your rest. All things work together for my good. Yeah, but I messed up. Yep. But He saved you. Another statement that came across my mind as we were singing it, that he is for us. You mean God's not up there just ready to zap us? Nope, he's for us. God is able. He will never leave us. You're never alone. Brian, River Bend, we are his. And this church in Acts chapter 2, and may it be that this church here at River Bend, that we would be a church that magnifies and praises the one who is worthy of that praise. And finally this morning we see that this final ingredient, a church that is unified, a church that is devoted to the things that God desires for them to be devoted to, a church that praises and magnifies the one who is worthy. The church grew. The church grew. Praising God and having favor with all the people. Verse 47 states, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. They grew. 
every healthy organism grows. Everyone. If your body is healthy, guess what? You're growing. If the apple on the tree is healthy, the tree is healthy, that fruit is growing. Whatever example you want, if it's a living organism, if it's healthy, it is growing. And the same is true spiritually as a body, the church. And the church grew. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I want to uh, end this morning with a challenge. Think about it to yourself. Do you believe, sir, ma'am, do you believe that if there is a command right here in this word that you should obey it? God says, here's a command. You should obey it. I can't read your mind, and I'm grateful you can't read mine. But if you believe that God says, here's the command, you're to obey it. Let me just give you an example. Matthew chapter 28. It's a command. It's a command for you. It's a command for me. Every single individual. He states this. As he was about to ascend to heaven, Jesus says these words. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go make disciples. Command. Do you believe that you should obey that command? Not that the preacher should obey that command. Everybody believes the preacher should obey that command. Yep, I got it. Took that class. But do you believe that you, as a follower of Christ, as a disciple of Christ, one who follows Christ, that he was talking of you? You go make disciples. My argument is that he was talking to you and me. Not just me. Not just the twelve or the eleven at the time. But he was talking to us as Christ followers, go make disciples. So my question to you then is this, how's that going for you? Who are your disciples that you are discipling, that you are making disciples right now? Here's the challenge. Do you know in the New Testament that there are some 30 commands... 30 commands, not suggestions, but commands, 30 commands in the New Testament that cannot conceivably happen unless you are in a small group setting.
that if all you do is come to big church and you're a follower of Christ, you cannot, you are disobeying 30 commands. Let me give you a couple. I'm not going to walk through all 30. I'll give you a couple. Right here on the screen, you're going to see a passage. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear one another's burdens. Command. Command. Bear one another's burdens. Let me pick on two people. One from this side over here, and one from that side over there. If all you do, I'm not going to call names, although I thought about it, I'm not going to call names. If all you do is walk into this room and you sit on this side, sir, ma'am, youth, and then you walk out and you over here sit on this side and you then walk out, how can you bear one another's burdens? If that's all you do. River Bend, if that's all we do is we walk in here and we sing praises and we hear half time, half the time we hear a halfway decent sermon and then we get up and we leave, if that's all we do, bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. You can't do it. Next verse. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. I'm going to read verse 24 and then the command is there in verse 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one, one another. That's the command. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. The command is this, that you and I are to encourage one another. Brian, you're beating me over the head right now. I'm doing it in such a way that it is to bring encouragement to you. If you want to, if you want to be in obedience to the Father, I want to be in obedience to the Father. He said, you've got to encourage folks. I don't want to leave you all out. So how is it that you over here, on this side of this section, how can you encourage the folks over here on this side of this section when you walk in that door and they walk in that door and all you do is see them? Yeah, they look, yep, they're right there on the end of the aisle. Without being in a small group. How can we encourage folks? Riverbend, if you're only going to give us one hour a week. One hour a week. Don't make it this hour. Make it connect. Because in connect, we are going to challenge and encourage you to devote yourselves to the Word. We're going to challenge and encourage you and ourselves to devote ourselves to fellowship, to devote ourselves to the breaking of bread, and to devote ourselves to prayer. Why? So that we'll be the church that God called us to be. Were there problems in the church in Jerusalem? You better believe there were problems. One of the reasons there were problems with the church in Jerusalem was because there was a man by the name of Peter who was a part of that church. 
And so often Peter opened his mouth and inserted his right foot and he opened his mouth again and changed feet and inserted his left foot. There are other men and women that were in that church. Let's be honest, all of them. Who were great sinners, just like you and I. But there was also one in that church who was a great Savior who saved every single one of them and saved every single one of us who are His and desires for us to grow in maturity. River Bend, the challenge for you and for me is to be a part of Connect this morning. We're trying to make it as easy as absolutely possible for you to be a part of a Connect We have seven groups that are meeting off-site. And every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, we have a group that is meeting right here before this service. Every single one of the groups this fall is going through this study, Experiencing God. It is very, very good. Not only the adults are going through Experiencing God, but... Um, Our youth are going through experiencing God in their K groups each and every week this fall. And it's not that we want to go through a study. It's that we want to encounter God and we want to grow. We want Him to work in and through us. And experiencing God is an apparatus to make that possible. Next week we'll have all the guys stand up here. And uh, we'll see who they are Um, on your way out in just a few moments. um, There is some uh, sheets that you can see when those uh, times meet. There are a number that meet right after our service. There are some, there's one that meets on Saturday night, one that meets on Friday night. A number of them meet on Sunday evenings, afternoons. So we try our very best to make it to where you can Join us. We want you to be a part. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Heavenly Father, what a statement, a simple statement. But Lord, it is a statement that rings true even more. Father, maybe some of us, as we hear that statement that you added to their number day by day, those who are being saved, we think about the numbers. The 3,000, and then there were some 2,000, and then there were so many that couldn't be counted that were being added, and then it goes back to they were, that you were adding. And so we think about the numbers. There were number crunchers. Father, that's not where I stopped. That's not my thought of that statement. God, you did it. You did that. And you continue to do that. You continue to add to your bride. 
It's your work. And Father, I'm so thankful for that. Lord, there's items and things that I have to do. There are items and things that we as a church need to do and be a part of. So as we come to a time of response, church, the question goes back to this for you and for me. Are you devoting yourselves to the Word? Are you devoting yourselves to to prayer? Are you devoting yourselves to fellowship with one another? Are you sharing life? Maybe your response this morning is no. He's calling you back to Himself. He's calling you back to obey. Be a part of His bride. God, you move in the hearts of these this morning and may your name be magnified and glorified through our lives. I ask it in Christ's name. You respond, church.